Oh yeah, big week of sporting action coming up on S4C. No, there's no Scorio game this weekend coming, but then the week after, good God, Wales against Spain. I know it's a friendly, but it's a glamorous friendly nonetheless. Wales against Spain at the Principality Stadium. It'll be interesting to see what does Ryan Giggs do with the important game against the Republic of Ireland, part of the Nations League fixtures coming up uh, just a few days afterwards. Are we going to see his stronger side coming up against one of the best sides in the world? Or are we going to see a lot of changes? Opportunities for others, some young players, some of the senior lads who found themselves out of the uh, out of the lineup for last month's game. So, Wales against Spain at the Principality Stadium. It's live. It is live. I would say exclusive, but I'm not quite sure. Yeah, it might be exclusive. It might be exclusive because it's a friendly. I don't think it's out anywhere else. So I'm going to say it, live and exclusive on S4C, Wales against Spain, next Thursday, or this Thursday coming up, whichever way you want to look at it. And then the Saturday, Connors Key in the Iron Brew Cup, live on S4C once again. Part of Scorio, Connors Key's little journey in the Iron Brew Cup, TNS knocked out, unfortunately. They are not carrying the flag this season. It's all down to Andy Morrison's men. That's on the Saturday, and then... Whew, I'm confusing myself here. Tuesday, on the Tuesday after that, Wales against Republic of Ireland over in Dublin. Come on, boys. Come on, boys. Let's put these Irish lads to the sword once again, as we did in Cardiff with that 4-1 victory. So, lots going on. Wales against Spain, Connorski in the Iron Brew Cup, and then Republic of Ireland hosting the Welsh boys once again. All live, most exclusive on S4C. He likes to tell you if anyone will listen About his seven caps, his chocolate knees His distinct lack of pace Now it's a long shot Very warm welcome to the Longman's Football World Podcast. Before we get into this week's conversation with David Raven, uh, just a little bit of information. Any fans of the Welsh podcast that I do with Malcolm Allen, Erna Parth, which is going strong. I think we're about 10 episodes deep. Uh, it's probably been clogging up the feeds, the podcast feeds of all you guests who, who don't speak Welsh, so I apologise for that. Um, but it's now got its own separate host, so... If you do like the Welsh podcast, get yourself subscribed into that, separate to the Longman's Football World one. Um, and even if you don't speak Welsh, even if you don't understand a word, do it for me. Subscribe to that one, help a brother out. Let's get those numbers up so that these companies get on board and decide to sponsor the podcasts. So Anaparth, separate podcast now. Just go and find it on all good podcast providers. Which leads me now into this week's guest, a man who I ended up playing alongside in the Highlands of Scotland, both ended up there at similar times in our careers, and, and a guy who, and there's not many through years of playing football that you end up still keeping in contact with, um, you know, your class as a mate, and he's certainly one of those. Just finished playing professional football, ended up at Wrexham last season, 
and he's he's just trying to get by now, trying to trying to make that transition from playing football to to the real world. Whether that's going to be remaining within football and coaching, um, you know, we get into all that. So beautiful to be able to spend time with a man whose dry sense of humour makes me seem like this stand-up lunatic comedian. He's a funny guy in his own little way. Any nights out that we have, you know he would get very abusive, but in a warm, loving way. So hopefully you guys enjoyed this conversation that I had with David Raven, a good friend of mine, when we met up in the St. David's Park Hotel, just near Chester. Enjoy. Davy Raven, how's Hi, it going, mate? All right, mate. Very good. The last, um, the last sort of, well, I won't class you as a scouser. No. Woolly back at you. Yeah. Birkenhead. Back, yeah. The, the last one I had, Andy Robinson. There's a few, not complaints, but I think my I go a little yeah. bit scouser when I when I start yeah. talking with. <laughs> I'm a bit of a plastic scouser, being down the North Wales coast yeah, anyway. Mate. That's it, isn't it? I Same like, to myself. That's good. Very good, mate. Yeah. Back home on the Widdle. Um Moving back. Well, in January, so settling in, getting used to family and friends, being around the corner again, not used to that. All good. So retired from professional football or not retired, just nobody, yeah. nobody wanted you, mate? Yeah, that's it, yeah. That was it, basically. I always thought that would be the case in terms of like retirement, that it would get chosen for me. At a time and place that I didn't choose and that was the case, so... Um, yeah, it's funny, I read it, I've been reading quite a lot about like lads retiring and stuff and... Um, especially boys at the top end of the scale and you know it's all about perspectives isn't it you know these lads get to choose when they retire mm. and they say how sad they are about it and stuff but at our end of the scale it's um gets chosen for you the phone stops ringing nobody wants you anymore it's as simple as that so i'm playing part-time and so that's sort of been a saving grace of your life for me it gives me football fix um because if i'm honest with myself i probably wasn't ready for it you know um my body's still fit i'm still healthy I listened to you and John Hartson in your interview and you were like both sort of relieved by it. Yeah. Like you happen to not have to train every day, not have to put your body through that every day. But it was a sort of, not the opposite of me as such, but it was a case of that, well, yeah, I'm still fit. I'm still doing 12, 13K in games, you know, and then 7, 8K in, in training and stuff like that. I wasn't hobbling around. I was good that way. So, yeah, it, you, was, a, it you, was a tough one to take. So you, You're going down, you have gone down a road different to myself where... Although I had it, I had it slightly when I was still playing. Right. You know, I was trying to cheat the system, if you like. Even though physically I was fucked. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> we'll get into all that. But I'm still trying to make the phone calls and tr- still trying to get a club. And you know, less and less managers call your agent back, and that yeah. you know, that's that's what you've been going through. Hundred percent. Yeah. I, the amount of like, I've I've rang. I I did it mostly myself. I had a guy I'm working with as well. Um, no thanks, no thanks, no thanks. And it's like, wow, is this actually it now? Do you know what I mean? In the summertime, like, this is it. And I was ready, I, I, was, I was done, I was finished with it, right? Let's just quit and go and do something else. And I'm just so glad I didn't because, as I say, I've gone part time, but we're in a decent team part time. We're in, playing Warrington Town, I think we're something like fourth or fifth in the whole of Britain in terms of our record at the minute. Right. So at any level, winning games is quite good, even if the level isn't as good as what you're used to. So I'm quite glad I really, you know, carried on. And it keeps me ticking over as well. Um, but yeah, it was it was it like looking back, it's tough. It's tough to take. It's tough on you. It's a total change of like direction. Total change of like your what you are, isn't it? Yeah, you're a footballer, and now what, what are you? <laughs> it's mad, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Like I'm probably repeating myself for anybody who listens to to a lot of these. But you know, it's a, it's almost an important message. I I'm lucky that I speak Welsh. Yeah, you know the career that I had means I'm yeah. not I'm never going to be a pundit yeah. in England mm-hmm. on the, on the big channels. It's, it yeah. just wouldn't have happened. So without speaking Welsh, I don't know what I'd be doing, mate. And you know we're sitting here, probably two lads who are not dumb footballers, not dumb stereotypical footballers that would have had just yeah. a little one eye on on yeah. retirement. You know you were doing a bit of plumbing while, while uh, you were still playing. Yeah, it's not something you're still doing now because you're probably shit. Yeah, but. <laughs> You know, we we were we were well, looking we were looking not even at the bigger picture, but when it happens, still a shock, mate. It is. Yeah, are you still prepared? Like you prepare yourself for it. 
And then when it comes, it's like, actually, yeah, I'm not getting paid this month. And then a month, another month goes, I'm not got, not being paid. Another month goes, I'm not being paid. And it's like, well, what am I going to actually do? And I've been plugging away. I'm doing. I'm, I've never been so busy in my life, but earn so little money. Um, volunteering, I'm going to you know different clubs, Man United, Everton, uh, been into Liverpool. I've got a couple of bits of coaching that are up and running now. Um, but it's a, it is a big, big wake up call for. I've, I've rang all my mates in football saying, right, this is what you need to do, you know, you need to have something in place here because this is going to finish. And when it does one day, your bills are still going to be going out. Everything else is still going to be going out. And I did prepare myself coming back to the world because me, me our guns are small, yeah. you know, relatively small. Um, but it's still, it's still a tough one, you know. And I just say, like, like, you think, I'll just go and get a job. I, could, I, I applied for a job for, um, I lost my head one day and applied for a job driving a van for Argos. I didn't get it. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I couldn't even get a job driving a van, so. Yeah. So, so you're now, you played for Wrexham last season, that was full-time? Yeah. Yeah, so full-time. So this is your first season where you're actively, you're looking to get into coaching, yeah? Mm-hmm. Even though you're still playing part-time. Yeah. Coaching opportunities come up, that's what you want to do yeah. at the moment. But obviously you're making the calls. Like, like at the end of a playing career, yeah. nobody's calling you back, yeah. you can't get an interview, yeah. this and that. So you're, you have to start looking at, what am I going to do? Yeah. Real life. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Tough, isn't it? It is, yeah. And uh, what, what, I, don't actually, you, I don't actually know what that's going to be just yet, you know? What, what you just said there, though, Rives, I've been doing the exact same thing. It doesn't matter if, if a friend of mine is playing football and they're earning £1,000 a week, right. £5,000 a week, £20,000. It doesn't matter. I'm, I'm talking to them, but I'm also putting myself in their position thinking... If I was talking to me while I was playing, I'd be looking at me stupid thinking, yeah. shut up, mate. Yeah. I'm loving life. I'm yeah. on X amount of, you yeah. know, we, we've not hit the big bucks. Um, but it is to just downsize would be what I would say. Yeah. As you're coming towards, whether it's your 30s or you're going to yeah. carry on playing in yeah. your early 30s, yeah. downsize. You don't need a house that big, maybe. Yeah. No, you know? you're right. Yeah, yeah. You get stuck in the moment in football, I think. You get stuck in the bubble of it and stuff. And you think, you will. my, my way of th- thinking was that, I was going to be a valued member of a team and a squad and that a club will go, do you know what, he's really good for this, this team and his squad. Having him around the place is brilliant. He's done his coaching badges. Let's get him in somewhere. Um, and that was me, me way of thinking and it just hasn't materialised like that whatsoever. And I've, I've noticed that football is jobs for the boys, massively jobs for the boys. Like, yeah. who you know, if you can get in there, stuff like this. Um, and that has been a massive sort of like it's not not so much a shock, but a bit of a wake up call, you know. And as you say about getting interviews and applying for jobs, I've applied for about thirty jobs. I've yeah. had one interview, so you know that's various ones: first team manager, coach. Mostly, mostly academy stuff because first team stuff again is like your, your head hunted. Um, I have applied for first team stuff, um, knowing that I've not really gotten like a chance. Um, but even academy stuff, you know, you, you do your A license, you think you're you're qualified to coach it. A championship team, you can manage a championship team with an A license, yet you can't coach an under sixteen team in, a, in an academy because you need other things on top of that, which take a year or two to get. And it's okay. like, psh, wow, you know. So um, yeah, it's been a, been a wake up call, yeah. But I'm just plugging away, plugging away, volunteering my time, um, and I believe something will drop eventually. What what you're explaining there in terms of you think you've got something to give on the pitch and you can help out and this and that, but it's probably counting against you as well because unless you know that manager, they'd probably look at you and think. Why am I going to bring this lad in? How old are you now? 33. 33-year-old, 33 coming towards the end of his playing career, wants to coach, wants to help out. He sees he's you as a threat. He's after my job. He sees you as a threat straight away, yeah, of course they do, yeah. And I've noticed that with uh, with a number of things. I've noticed it with uh, other jobs that I've gone for. Um, I won't go into the, like what they were, but like people seeing you as a threat and you don't get things because you want my position, I'm not bringing you in. <laughs> like Maybe it's human nature, I don't know. Um, but yeah, that, that's, again, that, that is an issue, yeah. You're a real old-looking 33-year-old, don't you? Funny you say that. I we, feel life's taking its toll on me. Nah, you say that. Because I got we had a we getting a kitchen fitted, and um, the guy said to me uh, this morning, "We missus must have told him you play for Liverpool, didn't you?" I was like, "Oh, it was a long time ago, that mate." He said, uh, "What how old are you now?" I said, "I'm 33." He said, "You only look about 20." This a guy fit my kitchen, mate. I'm like, 20? You, you need to sort your eyes out, mate. You're fitting the kitchen here, like you know what I mean. <laughs> I'm hoping the kitchen's fitted. All right, 20. That's what he said. I'm telling you, mate. I've never had that in my life. He must have been like. Trying to trying to get into your missus or something. Maybe just trying to be a nice guy. There was a lad called Matty Harold who's uh, who was at Shrewsbury with me years ago, 
when I was 26 at the time, and he was used to tell me to go and get myself a hair transplant and dye my hair because he always say, like, scouts are coming, watch it, and I think, yeah, you're good, yeah, but then they look at it, oh, you must be about 32, 33. That's so true. <laughs> and then you're that? not getting a move. That's actually great <laughs> yeah, advice. Yeah. He said, I'm telling you, mate, you're deadly serious. I was like, nah, 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 I'm not, didn't listen to it. Maybe I should have done. <laughs> you, you mentioned it there, you start off at Liverpool. Um, you know, it's, it's not something you like to talk about. You know, we, we've known each other for a few years now. You hardly ever mention being part of a Champions League final <laughs> squad and, and this and that. So you started off dead young, yeah? Joining the yeah. Liverpool as, as the academy as it yeah. used to be back then. Yeah, it was like the start of the academy time then. So like, I was 14, yeah. It was the, the big academy building as it is now was just getting going, yeah. So we were like the first or second years sort of in there, you know. Um, unbelievable place. Yeah. yeah it's gone from, I, I went back the other week. There was three people in there when I first went. Stevie Highway, Dave Shannon, Hugh McCauley. I went back uh, a couple of months back and there's about 50, 50 staff now. Analysts, a coach for every age group, an assistant coach. Unbelievable. That's just for the academy, it's yeah? just the academy, yeah. And then com- yeah. coming through there, did as a you know local-ish woolly yeah. back, yeah. as a local woolly back, yeah. that was the dream. You know, oh, you, yeah. You, you and I would have stepped into professional football not never thinking we're going to be a journeyman. <laughs> no you know, way, you mate. don't, do you? No. You think you're going to find a club, you're going to yeah. be there for years. Yeah. That's what it would have been like for you. Oh, aye. How many appearances? Uh, four. And a few on the bench as well. So, like, um, yeah, at the time, I had a few clubs that were after me. I was playing for England. I was captain in England and stuff like this. That was, like, quite a high flyer for me, age group. And I just sort of plateaued out. I didn't keep improving when I got to about 18, 19. And I got moved out to right back. I know I could still like play at a decent level. It didn't quite reach the potential that they thought I was ever going to reach. Hmm. Um, you know, had to put another six inches of height on maybe then I'd have continued. But you know, that's the way you are, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah, and then you you play in the first team. You think, all right, here we go, here we go. And then the turning point for me was it was a European game um, by Leverkusen away, and Steve Finn was injured. I'm pretty sure this was the game. Josemi was playing right back. And he had to come off. We were something like three nil up. Yeah. I was on the bench. I'm thinking, here we go. Like, yeah, this is a local lad on the bench. I played a couple of times anyway. And he puts on Antonio Nunes right back in front in front of me. And I was like, that's the turning point for me. Right, I'm not going to play. Up up to that point, I'd played a few times. I'd been on a bench and around the team and training with the team and stuff. Um, and that was the, the moment I thought, yeah, that's like. He had every opportunity to put me on, and, and, he, and he didn't, and I didn't get really a sniff after that. That's Benitez, yeah. Yeah. So as a young lad, you, you know, you make a couple of debuts. What, what's it like? You know, a city like Liverpool. Was there a bit of a fuss about you as a possible next? Yeah. N- not even next best thing, but yeah. a guy who could play for us. Yeah, there was. Yeah, because I played it. I played at Tottenham, and um, after like a shaky start, but nervous start of the game, I ended up having a really good game, and a few people gave me the man of the match, and. The next Rod Jones and all this was touted about and all this, so like it was good. Yeah, I mean, I got sucked into the whirlwind of it and stuff, and trying to get my feet on the ground. But you do get sucked into it a little bit. Um, I went out and bought myself an iPod with me with me bonus money. That was that was Beautiful. Street, Yeah. Did you get your name engraved on the back? No, no, no never done that. <laughs> no. Uh, but yeah, you get sucked into it all and that. And, um, there was me, the likes of Neil Miller. He was a bit older. He was making a lot of appearances, and Stevie Warnock was again. We went on to like good things, and Stack with Brothers, same. We're all in sorts of same like boat, Darren Potter. We'd all had a, a bit of a sniff for the first team, so it was a really good time. You know what I mean? And, uh, good youth team coming yeah, up together. Yeah. yeah. Zach, Zach got in touch with me um, a few days ago, actually. Yeah. I think he's going into the uh, agency business. That's right. Yeah. So he sent me a message. You know, I hope he listens to this now. He sent me a message saying, "Ah, oh, what do you think of this lad?" Um, so the A looks a decent player, blah blah blah. So there's a little bit of conversation going on, and then I ended up. My last message to him was, "Whitbread, let's get you on the podcast, mate. You know, building it up. What a you know, what a yeah. great, yeah, yeah. what a great experience it would be for the yeah. lad. Guy's got some stories to tell. Didn't answer me. That, yeah, that was the end. On. We need, we need to get him on, mate. <laughs> he didn't even reply with a no thanks. I just <laughs> haven't heard anything back. Conversation killer. Oh, well, the podcast is a conversation killer, isn't it? Hey, people get asked to come on this podcast maybe twice. I'll ask him one more time. Yeah. After that, it's done. Yeah. I don't care who you are. Yeah. Not it's even Zach Whitbread, mate. Bigger fish to fry the money. This has got to be up there with your career highlights, then. Well, I just said to you as I walked in, you know, you've got John Artson and, you know, absolute legends of the game on here. And then Davey Raven pops on, you know. Everyone's welcome, I think. <laughs> you know, this is a platform for everyone. Yeah. It doesn't, doesn't have to be a, no. 
somebody who's scored what over 100 goals for Celtic or this or that well what, the biggest transfer fee ever at the time or something yeah you know <laughs> you're welcome mate <laughs> yeah. hey and the first one outside as well so if the noise is a little if you feel a bit of wind I'm using a little wind muffler for the first time so yeah. hopefully the quality's not too bad mate yeah nice fingers crossed <laughs> we we first you, you leave, leave Liverpool then Dave and you know your journey as a as a probably a journeyman starts then yeah where, where, where do you go next Carlisle um, and Carlisle like wanted me and it was a fresh start it was a moving away business it was getting away from my family and, and, and the me little bubble of, of which is the world and, and home and uh, as, as tough as it was it was the best thing I ever done yeah when um, I look back and it was one of the most enjoyable things I've ever done again it was a tough thing to move away from home I struggled at first I found my feet and then thoroughly enjoyed the next four years we were really successful up there we should have really got promoted to the championship and we needed something like three points from four games or something and we just hit the brick wall could not get over the line we got beat by Leeds in the playoff semi-final um, I think Johnny Alston scored two at our place and put us out, and that was disappointing. But we had a really good team, likes of um, Dan, Danny Graham, Joe Garner, Keevan Westwood, Richard Keogh, you know, people like this who are like, you know, really top players who went on to do really well. So it was really enjoyable. And then I got an injury, which probably sent me back for a good two or three years then on my hip. Kept breaking down, breaking down, and that's when I did my plumbing post, thinking I was, yeah. I was finished then. I thought I was finished at 26. No one would touch me. So I'd done a year at Trammy, I'd done a year at Shrewsbury, I couldn't string more than 20 games together, just kept breaking down. Um, and then Call Out the Blue came from Inverness, Teddy Butcher. I didn't even know who Inverness were. Yeah. You know, was, and then someone said Teddy Butcher's the manager, I said, well, he must be decent then. So I looked into it, up I went, I looked in, seeing Big Jonesy was there as well. And uh, that's it, yeah. You know, you talk, you, you're talking about that Carlisle team there. I think, I think I was talking about that team it must have been because at the same time was Swansea in the same league well we played against each other yeah yeah so yeah. so I think that season was the one where it was John Ward the manager yeah where we played you boys I think we won the league that year yeah and um, you boys were in with a shout as you said yeah, you yeah. weren't far off and that was when I think we went up to Carlisle late late in the season beat you and uh, Jason Scotland was in the. This is what he was like. So he'd be in the tunnel, all, yeah. all mouth, and just shouting how it's over, it's over, man. Yeah. And then your manager was fuming. I don't know what he was like, you know, away remember. from the dressing room. He was fuming. No, it's not over. It's not over. We still got a chance. It's over, man. That's all he was shouting <laughs> in his that. face. I just remember having Andy Robbo in my pocket that game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he couldn't. He didn't get a sniff on me that game, and he, he says, "Oh, that's all that now." He didn't get a sniff on me that game. Have you reminded him of I've that? I've reminded him a few times. Yeah, he seems to like. Forget it, you know. Well, yeah. He's the type of lad, Robber, who you know, if you if you one up in him, oh, he'll yeah. just choose to ignore. He'll change yeah. the subject <laughs> double quick, won't he? But he was a he was a good player, wasn't he? He's was top player, real top player. I thought he was like one of the toughest opponents. Like you're you're going to get in that league and the league above. You know what I mean? It's like he was very very good. Um, Is that like the standard? So someone like Robbo, I'd imagine. I'm not sure who he was with when he was growing up. You're saying you're you're at Liverpool. He must have been this talented player yeah. growing up, yeah. but maybe couldn't quite get his head in the right place for, for a big club to take him on at that time. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because if you mould someone like him yeah. at a young age, you've got a fucking good player in your hands. Yeah, I know. And he developed late, didn't he? And, um, yeah, I, I would say so, yeah. Definitely coaching lads like that and spotting the talent. I think spotting the talent and recruitment's the one, isn't it, as well? Seeing guys like that and thinking, how oh, he can go on. Because again, he carried a bit of weight. Again, he's you know, you know, he's like he's a bit of a boy and he's a bit of a scally. So people mm. might have swerved him for that reason. Um, instead of giving him a chance, bringing him in, uh, trying to get him on the sort of straight and narrow. But yeah, what career he went on, lads? Yeah, again, that, yeah, still had him in my pocket, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> in Vanessa, lad, <clears throat> got a bit of cinnamon roll stuck in my throat there. In Vanessa, that's that's the that's the one for us, isn't it? That's where we first crossed paths properly, yeah. got yeah. to know each other. Yeah. What was your first thoughts then? coming into this club that you'd never heard of right. and I'd never heard of it when I first went there either yeah. you know got the call of Terry when I was at Norwich mm-hmm. got in my car typed it in the sat nav yeah. 570 miles felt sick <laughs> felt sick yeah. to my stomach but you, you end up there and you look at this small little club yeah. you know stadium in a lovely little spot on the, oh, yeah. the Moray Firth yeah Beautiful little what spot. Place. Yeah. What, what are you thinking? Did you fly up there? Nah, I drove, and I remember like pulling. I'm what you just said. I was, you know, when, when you're running and you're knackered and you lean over on your knees yeah. to get catch your breath. I was jumping out the car doing that. I wasn't even out of breath. I was just jumping out the car to like get a breather. Like, <laughs> how, how stiff were you getting? <laughs> yeah. 
I'm a tiny butcher and you're nearly here. And I was like, I don't know. I should be nearly there. Like, <laughs> you know, thinking this road's going on and on. He ain't there. And then you get up there and there's some place, isn't it? Yeah, it's a beautiful place. When we started training, um, I remember looking around thinking, actually, we've got some very, very good players here. The Shinnies, um, you know, those who don't know, Graeme Shinnies playing for Scotland now. And the likes of Ryan Christie comes through and then yourself's yeah. there. And Chris Iago, I crossed paths with years ago. Um, playing there, I think he's been hips for years. So, yeah, ended up being a very good team. And again, it was a shaky start for me. Like, I struggled settling in miles and miles away from home. Um, and I found it really tough for the first few few months, especially. Um, and it was it was a mentality thing for me to go in. And I remember he was doubting me every single day, him and uh, Monas Malpaz. And uh, every single day was like, I'm going to prove you wrong, I'm going to prove you wrong. Because he was, just, I mean, if, if you remember rightly, he was, a, I remember, he, he was on my case every single day, wasn't he? So every single day was like a battle royal for me with this guy. With this guy. When, when did you figure that out, though? Because you've obviously, any player goes into a new club, Start a pre-season is yeah. this fresh start. A manager signed you for a reason. He's seen yeah. something in you. So you have, whether it's a week, two weeks, a couple of games for them to think, all right, he's yeah. just had a bad day there or, he, yeah. you know, needs to get his sharpness up. When did you start thinking, he is doubting me? It was the end of, like, end of sort of pre-season, I think, and then the start of the season. I'd had a bad concussion as well, so I wasn't right. I shouldn't have been playing, really, if you look back. Um I was going off to going for games. I wasn't even feeling anything. I was just spaced out for a good couple of weeks. I ended up getting dropped and luckily get me place back because someone else got injured. And then in the warm up, yeah, yeah, clingy, yeah, and, and I kept me place after that. But I always remember Teddy Butcher and I, like he was brilliant for this, for all the mad things that he did. And he was a he was a madman, wasn't he? You know what I mean? We could tell him tell stories about him all day. He was pulling me in like, "What's wrong with you? Where's this player? Sam, what's wrong? What's wrong?" And every he's saying, yeah, yeah, he used to pull me in like once, twice a week. What's wrong with you? And in the end, I just said, you've got to leave me alone. Just leave me. Don't speak to me. Just leave me alone. Let me get on with it and I'll come through it, right? And do you know what? He didn't say words to me after that. And he just left yeah. me, yeah. And it was the best bit of man management like, I've had. And I uh, got through it. And then, um, again, like the rest is sort of history. For the Inverness fans, I ended up playing every single game near enough for four and a half, five years and being successful, winning the Scots Cup stuff. So, yeah, that was a big, big, big turning point for me. Big that that point. first season was... It was a good season. It was my second year there, but I'd hardly played the year before. It took me a little while to get going. Thank God I missed pre-season because I, I couldn't. I, was, I remember this guy turning up thinking he's just done like 20 lengths and I was going to start the first game of the season. Come on. We've been doing 40s and 80s in, like sweating. Oh my God. I managed to get past it, but we'll go back. We're, we're jumping back and forth, but what we discussed at the start where you're scrambling for clubs and that. Yeah. I remember at the, the end of that first season with Inverness, I'd gone up there from Norwich on a decent wage for Inverness, mm-hmm. hardly played, had come back towards the end of the season after a knee-up, but it wasn't the same, Like I, I was yeah. really struggling. And I remember the offer for the contract for the year after, and it was embarrassing, to yeah. be honest. Looking back, I'd love that wage now. Yeah. You know, you're know, you talking, I think it had dropped, I went up to Inverness maybe on £1,200 a week. Mm-hmm. And then after one season, I think the offer was maybe 550 Really? And that yeah. was a that was a kick in the nuts. That yeah. five fifty a week, and because it, it's your ego, your yeah. ego's in play, and you think, even though I've hardly played, he was yeah. probably right, because this five fifty included loads of add-ons that if you played yeah. this amount of games, it yeah. goes up, 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 up. But still, I'm thinking, no, fuck you. Swallow, yeah. I'm thinking, fuck you. Yeah. I'm thinking, no, I'll find something else. There was nothing else, oh. you know. So you end up with your tail between your legs, going back, yeah. start a preseason, and. Um, signing for that really yeah and then I had to go to London to see a, a guy that could get me yeah. remember the, all the stupid drills that I used to have to Aye. do all them crazy warm-ups yeah, yeah them, but, yeah. but it was from an outside source yeah from the athlete, athletics world and yeah. it got me back yeah. you know and I'm just thankful I missed pre-season I, I, I don't think I could I, no. I couldn't have done a yeah. Terry Butcher pre-season no but he was still trying to get you to run really <laughs> yeah but it, oh my god but yeah. that's them isn't it you know the old school old school culture how difficult must it have been for Butcher and Malpass yeah. for me to... I, I was... How would, how would you describe? I was going against the grain, against Massively everything against, yeah. that they knew about yeah. football and saying, yeah. you've gone yeah. into him and said, just leave me alone. Yeah. I, I've gone into him and said, Gaffer, I cannot do it. Yeah. All those crazy runs that you do for, for these lads, I can't do it. Yeah. It's not because I don't want to yeah. do it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I'd love to be fit and be yeah. able to do it. But I still managed to get in the team on the first day of the season. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't believe it. 
I couldn't believe it. Because we, we, we probably wouldn't have even known each other that well. Because yeah. that pre-season, I would have spent in the gym. Yeah, exactly. You, you boys I mean, would yeah. have bonded. Yeah, and yeah, I, yeah. I would have missed out on that initial bond, didn't I? Yeah. That's what, yeah, this, that's what I'm saying. This big, tall, gangly fellow who's done like 20 minutes on the bike and 10 lengths comes and starts a team. <laughs> I was like, who's this guy? Oh, wow. But you could play, mate, couldn't you? So yeah. You know, so it got you out of jail, didn't it? Yeah, but but then it but then it comes down to how you play on a Saturday, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, me going in to see Butcher and saying, "Gaffer, I yeah. can't do these double sessions. Yeah. I can't do these runs. I can train, but only once a day, no more. If I play well on a Saturday, oh, you know, we've got Jonesy here, a player on our hands, but yeah. you know, we've got to look after yeah. him. But if you play badly, Jonesy, sorry, I yeah. need to get you in a double session on a Tuesday. You need to get sharper. I think you were lucky, though. I think um, you had a manager who. You loved it, didn't he? Yeah. I know the manager would have uh, looked at that totally different. I think Butcher was like brilliant for that. You know, again, you look back, and at the time, I didn't enjoy a lot of his style. Um, I don't know if you spoke about it on this before, but he smashed the place up often, didn't he? And initially, the shock factor was there, wasn't it? Yeah. And when you, I'd never seen that before. <laughs> After three or four times, five times, it's like, right, here we go again. Yeah. He's punching holes in walls. He's throwing bottles up everywhere, and he yeah. <laughs> watering people's faces and stuff, and it's like Jesus. But then again, the shock factor goes, and it just becomes boring. Then, um, so that side of him was, you know, you should get him on a podcast. Hey, I will. I will a try. Brilliant person. What, what I'm thinking is, I've had Gary Warren on. I've yeah. got you on now. Maybe I'll get you boys on again, so we can really go in on Butch. You know yeah, the real stories. I don't want to upset. Not that he listens. I don't want him to find out he's getting he's getting caned or something. Yeah. You know, but he was a good, he was an effective manager. But as you said, if he would have just been able to rein it in a little bit, yeah. so that when he went mental, mm-hmm. it was, it was genuinely every yeah. now and then. But it was just all the time. It was all the time. And then he'd apologise on a Monday if it was out of order. <laughs> Bring in cakes if you won. You got a cake. Yeah. If you didn't win, you wouldn't get any cake. He, he was, I think, um, a lot of the best managers these days. No, no, uh, that's wrong. Some good managers these days. Can just keep it on a level playing right. field. It doesn't matter if they win, if yeah. they lose. Not too excited, yeah. not too down. He was the complete opposite yeah. to that. Yeah. You know, if you won, you were the best players yeah. he had ever seen in his <laughs> life. He oh, would. Yeah, he he wouldn't swap you for anything. Nah, that's it. But then if you play exactly the same but lose, yeah. Do you remember that yeah. that one um, team? To, was it a team talk? Yeah, team talk before the game, and he's yeah. come in and he's saying, "Boys, because we were on a good <clears> run, <throat> had a really good season that year, boys." I love you boys Yeah, I trust you with my life <laughs> and at the end of a game we lose he said I can't fucking trust you to do anything yeah. you deserve to yeah. be shot yeah, and we're that. looking around thinking hang on a minute deserve to be shot you made me his godson a minute ago like I mean <laughs> Jesus and I, I did oh. say I'm sure with, with uh, podcast with Gaz he then stormed out didn't he yeah, tried to slam the door, but it was a fire door, so it yeah. just, it's just closed close dead, yeah. dead slow. Yeah. Didn't it? Oh my god, some brilliant days, it, mate. It was an enjoyable season, you know. But you, you did have it. You, you had it quite tough. Morris was more on you, wasn't he? Every day, Terry could maybe yeah. leave you to it. But Morris was on me every day. Was it because he, he was a fullback? Do you think? I was just miserable. I think. I don't know. I've seen him since. I'm only joking. He's he's sound, you know. And uh, I don't know. That's just this style. He had this style of like being this like hard man and this this image of like I need to like stand up to it and I always remember it was the it was when Terry Butcher left to go to Hibs and um, we used to there. You were Hibs at Hibs, uh, Hibs at the time. Yeah. So Terry Butcher left to go to Hibs and it just happened that Hibs was the last game for Morris Malpass to be in charge of us because he took over for a couple of days. Right. Uh, we beat Hibs, beat them something like three 0 And where was the but, ga- Butcher where- was in the stand watching. At, at Easter Road. At Easter Road. Yeah. Um, um, Malpass got us all at the end of the end of it, um, sitting in the changing room, and he started crying in front of all the boys, like thanks for everything and that. And do you know what? I'm not doing it to say not to like say, you know, tell them to grow up, you know, be a kid and all that. I think it was the best thing I've ever seen from him. Yeah. Like, Why don't you show me this months and years ago? Aside from like actually, you do care. You know what I mean? And I think the boys would have responded to that far more than. Not, I'm not saying come and cry in front of everybody, but show that little bit of emotion and care that. And the boys have massively responded to that. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. I was thinking, wow, that, that, there's the real Morris Malpass there, you know what I mean? And I think everyone respected him for it. But at the same time, why didn't he do it? That he respected and, and loved you boys in, in his own way yeah. all this time. Yeah, but they never showed it. You boys didn't have a clue. No, 
We thought he hated us and we hated him. <laughs> <laughs> you just used to always get um, jockey, didn't you? Yeah. Jockey yeah. Dave, yeah. jockey, jockey. <laughs> yeah. And then Butch would get back. Chop, chop, chop. Oh, his knees were bad at some at times, weren't they? Oops, Big Butch. He'd yeah. get back, he'd get in that low stance yeah. just to show you how to jockey them. Oh, yeah. But he, couldn't, he was just low anyway because his knees were just done him. Uh, I, th- I think he'd sorted his knees by then, though. Had he? I've seen a okay. video. I think there was an England advert. Inches. An England advert, you know, like maybe before a World Cup. I forget for who. Carlsberg, maybe. Right. If Carlsberg did teams, and then the it was like it? Butcher and Waddle and these oh. boys, and it was like a game. And I remember the camera going on him in the dressing room, whoever's giving the team talk. His knees, mate, were so blown up. Really? I'm looking at him thinking, oh my God. Yeah. That must, he, he must be in agony every day. Yeah, he must have been. Two knee replacements. Because he could hardly... He could hardly kick a ball, really, yeah, could he? Yeah. You could see that yeah. it probably hurt him. He wanted to be out yeah. there. One thing he could do in the dressing room, though, was show a centre half how to get tight to a striker. <laughs> if he was, if he, if he felt the centre half wasn't doing a good enough yeah. job, and then he'd, he'd get John Dock, the the kit man, wouldn't he? Get him in, yeah. He, so John, John, come over here now. This is what I want. And John Dock knew. Oh no, I'm in trouble. <laughs> he was getting and he'd just bash him yeah, about. Yeah. <laughs> Break his arm. Break his arm, yeah. Oh dear. But that, he's, the best thing of it, Butcher was his team spirit that he got going on. For instance, like we had a young team, so a lot of the young lads would go out and drink and stuff in the in the town and uh, get into a couple of scrapes. And um, obviously, you get a phone call and on a Monday, someone's been arrested or whatever it was that happened. So he gets all in, lads. What was the story? Yeah. And we'd tell him what the story was. Well, one of the lads got a, got a smack off someone, so we all jumped in, sort of thing. And he was like, fucking brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. He said, I love that. And then it was, I was amazed by it. I thought, all right, fair enough. So no one got fined, no one got nothing else. It was all like, because you jumped in and helped each other. Yeah. Like, he was all for it. Were you at that time where we almost got enough? Or was it me? It was me, Ross Draper, Gary Warren. Do you remember the time when um, Kel, one of the coaches, his brother or something, just wanted to kill me? Wanted to rip my head yeah, off? Because I'd taken the piss out of his son's <laughs> red jumper or something like that. <laughs> And then we're walking down the streets and there was just load. Do you know like um, like a kid's cartoon film where the character might be walking down an alleyway uh, and then all of a sudden all these characters are on the room just looking down yeah. and like all these yeah. eyeballs or ever. That's what it felt like. Thinking, <laughs> yeah, we're we're going to get yeah. killed here. Yeah. But you knew that whoever whoever was by your side. Yeah, that's what it was we about. We were a good team. That's it. That's what it was about. And that's team spirit. Like I think that gets you probably further than talent. Like miles further than talent. I look at the, like the Scottish Prem now and I'm looking at like Livingston. They're not the most talented boys in the world, but look what they're doing. They should be Rangers at the weekend, and what well, they fared. And, mm. and, and, and that was what they remind me of what we were like a few years back. And when we played, I played against them in the championship. I mentioned it to the, some of the boys who were down at the bottom of the Premiership because he's played with them at playoff, don't they? So like Josh Meekins was at Dundee, and uh, I couldn't really remember who else. But all the lads at Ross County I said, "Do not, you do not want to play Livingston in that playoff." Really? Yeah. I said they will beat you, and Danny Devine at party. Um, They'll go up, hundred percent. They'll go up. They're gonna run all over you. They're gonna kick you. They're gonna be a gang, like, and that's what they did. How did you know that? I played against them that year. Okay. For Inverness in the championship. Oh, of course, yeah. Yeah, and they were exactly the same. Then they just kept going and going. I was like, this is what we were a yeah. few years back. And to get that, I just think you get lucky. I think it's good management for a bit. You know what I mean? And from Teddy Butcher's part, but I think just sometimes in your career you just come across a group of boys who gel and get you get lucky with it. And we had characters who just all gone on. Because he was, you know, it, it was him who assembled that team. Yeah. But was. I think I think the gaffer was, um, it was hit or miss really as well. Yeah. The way that he recruited, it was. Yeah. He was getting lads who were on the on he, their ass. Yeah, it was boys yeah, who. Was. Couldn't find anything else. Sim- yeah. Simple as that. Yeah. I've said it before. No disrespect to Inverness. Who might have had decent backgrounds though as well. So yeah. he's looked in, like deep into sort of like, for instance, myself, like that Liverpool background, that I'm League One background. So it's proven I could play, but my injury records show that actually it was a bit of a risk. Yeah. Um, and teams down in England didn't want to touch me for that risk. So that's why I thought I was finished. Yeah. Um, but Inverness took that risk, and Scottish football suited me down to the ground. It was a week between games. Yeah. It was that every three weeks we had an international break. Next minute, my body was able to cope with games. And 40 games later, I'm like, well, I'm still going. You're right, yeah. You are right. Uh, I think similar. I played for I played for Wales the summer that I was going to leave Norwich. And yeah. I think he, against Scotland. 
so so he'd come across he'd uh, he'd seen that it. and that was enough for him to yeah. think he's got something yeah uh, why is his career going one way or the other yeah. you know it'd be a great coup for us to get him here but we all end up there it's like a money ball yeah factor i guess yeah but but what I'm trying to say is they signed loads of players that didn't work out yeah. at M&S. Yeah. You know, we could name so many even yeah. in our time there. Yeah. 10, 15 lads. <clears throat> it was like a, it was a bit of a lottery, wasn't it? A bit of a tomball. A, com- a conveyor belt. You, was, you yeah. knew that every other week some, somebody knew would be there, yeah. whether it's on loan or whatever. Yeah. Three weeks after they're gone. Yeah. Because yeah. it just doesn't work out. Yeah. But that dressing room was the start. I know you boys went on to bigger and better things after I left. That was the start, well, wasn't it? I don't know how, mate. Yeah. You know, I thought my, my loss would have been too much. Me. You're not That's wrong. Was, mate. I didn't have another season playing every game of me. Like, oh, no yeah. chance. Yeah, You've done the right thing, didn't you? But also, I guess in a club like Inverness, Livingston now, you're also dependent, you talk about luck, on the big clubs underperforming, aren't you? Yeah. You know, because you know that yeah. Aberdeen then, they they yeah. got it right, didn't they? Yeah. You know, Hibs, they started getting it right again. Yeah, of course, if those boys are firing in all yeah. cylinders, it's strong again now, isn't it? The SPL is like hard stuff for them. It's strong, aren't they? The table looks almost like it should yeah. on paper, doesn't it? Well, that's what they're saying up there now. That's definitely right, yeah. And we we did take advantage, of that, albeit had the had the SPL been as strong as as it is now, I still would have said we'd be in the top six. I wouldn't have said we'd been where we were, but we had. A, I think our team was that good. It was almost like one of those beautiful seasons where. Barring a couple of changes, the team almost took care of itself, didn't it? Yeah. I could name pretty much the team the now, team. Yeah. barring one or two little injuries every yeah. now and then. Yeah, about 13 Co- lads. A couple of suspensions. Yeah. You know, yeah. a couple of sendings off. Yeah. Nah, it happens, mate. Yeah. What was, what was your opinion when you see. Uh, <laughs> when you saw, <laughs> when I seen you, it was like the second game in, wasn't it? Third mm. game in or something. Yeah. And then the most placid man you've ever seen, the big, the big friendly giant, yourself. Nearly. Yeah, but someone didn't you in the pitch? It's a bad tackle, right? There's nothing wrong with the tackle. What, lad? There's nothing wrong with it. Have you not seen, seen it since? Yeah, I've seen it since. Good strong tackle. You get up, take offence to it, put your head in the guy's face. They thought, oh, who's this guy? Again? Who's this lunatic? Who's this? <laughs> but then I come back from the suspension and get sent off again. Do you remember that? I in Sabadeen. That was a bad tackle, wasn't it? What? Was it? Yeah, it was a late one. It was that Ryan Fraser at I Bournemouth. He had a heavy touch. And oh, the, it's just quicker than what? Heavy no, touch. I've seen it since. He, he did have a heavy touch, and you know these long legs—they got me out of trouble often. You know, if I had a bad touch, stretch, but yeah. that stretch, he yeah. was quick. Like, he's good money, and he just got there. And, and do you know what? He, he's a diving little fucker as well, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, he goes down. He goes down dead <laughs> yeah. easy, doesn't he? Does when you chop him down, mate. <laughs> hey, you, you've had a career of that up in Scotland. Yeah, chopping qu- people down. There's something quite nice about playing against these lads who go on to bigger and better things. Oh yeah. It, you know, before Look, they've kicked on, really. I told you he was good. Yeah, yeah. You do, don't you? Few, few of them have happened to me without a doubt. Yeah, I told you that lad, the lad Murphy for Motherwell, wasn't it? Jesus Went down Christ. to Brighton, back up at Rangers. I told you he was good. Motherwell used to give us nightmares. Nightmares, five nil, five nil victories every time he played us. <laughs> that was the one where you think you're coming into an absolute bollocking off Terry Butcher, and he he starts laughing. <laughs> I'm like, what is this guy about? I'm thinking that the walls are going to be torn down, and you know, and then. He starts laughing and said, oh, I'll see you Monday, boys. Go and have a few beers tonight. That's not you. Yeah. That's not you. Yeah. Is, is that what he said to Aaron Doran when he, he was threw, spraying a bottle yeah. of water in his face? He threw a load of, load of water in Laz's face, didn't he? Aaron just got a little bit big time and I decided to answer him back one day. He did, yeah. yeah. Would you look fucked, he said. He said, oh, same as usual then, is it, Gaffer? <laughs> bottle of water straight in his face. Have some of that, as Brilliant. <laughs> Still talk about that now. Uh, <laughs> did you did you ever have a little bite back? I think Richie yeah, I did, Richie yeah. the captain was the main the main guy. You know they, they they could butt heads, couldn't they? Yeah. You know if Richie thought the gaffer yeah, was yeah, wrong, yeah. even though he was his boy, he yeah. was his captain, they could clash. We were away at some in a cup game against I think, some like Stenhouse Muir, some mad team like plastic pitch. Went into extra time and penalties. I think we, we scraped through and. Um, he said something to me, something about not wanting it or whatever it was. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> the crow there. And I said something back next minute, all the Lucas A bottles at the floor getting booted everywhere. Booted everywhere. I'm like, I don't think I'll be saying anything back next week. <laughs> That's where John Doc, the kit man, was quite good. He yeah. knew, like, if first half or second half we were not performing, he'd just clear the decks, wouldn't he? Right. He'd make sure the bottles were to one side. Yeah. Any stray little... Oh, yeah. or put boot, the ball out the way, yeah. anything oh, that yeah. Butcher could get his eyes on yeah. mate that yeah. was getting flown across 
I think and I just I think Richie's job as I say was to calm him down, wasn't it? A lot of the times calm remember that we played semi final against Hearts. I lost them penalties. We, we were late because the driver went the wrong way. Yeah, yeah. We turned up at like ten past two or something and he's gone crazy before the game, wasn't he? I always remember Richie falling, like going over, two hands on the shoulders to like Teddy Butcher, calm down, calm down, we're alright, we haven't started yet. And I'm looking over at this guy, like, yeah, just calm down. Yeah. Like. I said to Gaz uh, when we spoke that for us to get to that semi final, it was so new. Yeah. Again, I know you boys went on and won the Scottish Cup and that, but at the time, that, that almost would have put the cherry on top of what was an unbelievable season. Yeah. But it was a weird one because the Cup, I think if that semi would have been played earlier, yeah. Start that season up until November, December, we were on fire. Yeah. But you had to wait like two or three months for between quarter final and semi final. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe yeah. our bubble burst a little bit. Maybe. I was I was like going to Scotland was brilliant because um for me being in like your sort of rigmarole of League One and stuff is like I never really felt like I'd achieve anything and then I go up there and the next minute you're playing in a semi-final against Hearts and the stadium's chock-a-block, there's 20,000, 30,000 people there and it's brilliant. And you're thinking, actually, in a semi-final of the Cup, I can go and win. It's on the back page of the news and you feel like a footballer. Yeah. And um, that's the that's the, my overriding memory of, of that like that day and I thoroughly enjoyed it, even though we got beat. Um, it was brilliant. I mean, you know, the, the year after that, when we went on to better things again and just feeling that you can achieve something. I always say to lads now, the boys... We want to play in England. They get this thing in their head about playing in England. It's like, I never thought I could ever achieve anything in England. Unless you're going to go to a good championship club. For me, go to the Scottish Premier League. Do you know, it's just as good up there. Yeah. It is weird because people's perception of the Scottish League is this Joey League. Yeah. It's, and it's, it's not, is it's it? It's not. Yeah. And, I, and I get that some games, you could watch a, Sc- a game up in Scotland and think standards poor. Yeah. No different to League One, League Two. No. And, and then what you then have is the huge difference between maybe playing Ross County one week in front of 3,000 week after you're at Parkhead yeah. in front of 60,000 against international players it's, it, yeah. that's mad isn't it it is mad and that's getting your head around that like yeah you're in the same league as the likes of Celtic and that is, um, it's brilliant I loved it that's what you dream about as a footballer isn't it? I struggled getting you, you sometimes as a, as a player going out on a Saturday St Johnston away is a, it's a mental grind isn't it you're thinking this is going to be tough today it's like no fans here. It's going to be a hard game. Parkheads, you don't have to get yourself up to go out, go out in front of 60,000 parkheads. You just don't have to do it. Yeah. You're already up for it and you enjoy it straight away. When we played at Ibrox, I always remember you before the game at Ibrox. You bring hands together, I'm going to enjoy this today. Because that's what you dreamed about as a, as a lad, wasn't it? And we won, I remember winning 3 0, and I say to anyone yeah. now uh, who asks about atmospheres, yeah. Ibrox was the loudest place that, yeah. that I've played. And that just before kickoff, their crowd going mental and Halloween night it was yeah. I remember turning around to whether it was you Gary yeah. Warren just to talk yeah. and I couldn't we couldn't hear a word yeah. we were saying it was brilliant wasn't it it was class and to go on yeah. and obviously win the game then yeah yeah you know and, and just just playing against if you're talking about Celtic I love that we played against Wanyama yeah. I'd say Wanyama you, yeah. you say Virgil van Dijk yeah. these players who, yeah. who have gone on to bigger and better things but we knew at the time these are Fucking good players. Even Scott players. Brown, man, he's a good he player. He could have moved on years ago. Yeah, and he, uh, he's gone on to be a legend up there, hasn't he? Which is fair enough to him, you know what I mean? But he's a top player. You don't get the ball off him, he doesn't give it away. Well, I did a few times. A couple of times. I remember yeah. he threatened me, th- threatened to kill me. That's right, yeah. But we were what winning. Did you say, well, have you got a knife in your sock or something, well, Scott? He, <laughs> that's the buzz, you know, that you can call these good top players sore yeah. losers, you know, and they were just losing their heads. We yeah. won it up, Billy, Billy McKay had scored. And he was just going fucking mental. And yeah. we were keeping the ball or whatever, and he was coming in late, and I'm laughing at him. That's he right. said, I'm going to fucking kill you. Yeah. Well, you got a knife in your sock or yeah, something, yeah. Scott. Calm down, mate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's like that, Scott Brown. He's, um, after we beat them in the semi final, the next time we played them, I was I captained the team at Parkhead and walked out, and he didn't even look at me. Went to do this, this shake in the middle of the pitch, didn't shake me hand, turned around and walked away. Mm. He just wanted revenge, like, you know what I mean? And he got it to be fair. He beat us about six 0 Yeah. Like, so, uh, but he kept going. Even when even when they were five 0 up, he was like, "Let's put eight past these. Come on, blah blah blah." He just wanted that revenge. Like, that's his character. That's fair enough, isn't it? Yeah. That's, that's probably why he's been a very. He, yeah. He's been underrated, I think. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. He's a winner. Yeah. Yeah. Any any other stories about Big Butch that stand out? Uh, Big Butch. Well, I like his team talks. I must admit. Fuck. You remember his team talks when he used to say, "Right." 
we went down, we started the pre-season, didn't we? Because we were down at Birmingham and he'd done this team talk where he asked everybody to be an animal. And if you're an animal, what strengths you, your animal is, you know, and it reflects your personality, doesn't it? So a few people were saying different bits and bobs. Aaron Doran said he's an ant because he can carry 20 times his own body weight and carry the team and all this sort of stuff. <laughs> And uh, people were saying, some lads were saying they were owls and all that, man, being lions and stuff. So then every week then, wasn't it? Every week, because we, we won the game and we played really well. I was at Charlton. Anyway, he was doing this every single week, right? You're a person from history and why? Who are you and why? So lads are coming out of William Wallace and all this sort of stuff. And oh my God, you get to like 10 past two and like gaffer out, warming up in 10 minutes. <laughs> and we're still talking about people from history, like Edward III, I think I wanted to say. And I got absolutely hammered for it, didn't I? Um, Here's what he did wrong though. He he had that dressing room, lads that were just open to doing stupid shit like that. Yeah. When he went to Hibs, he tried to do the same, and it was just a different. That was more your stereotypical footballer type dressing room. Yeah. Lads who, because we weren't doing too well, you'd get in little clicks and you talk negatively. Yeah. He created, he created problems in in other yeah. aspects as well. But in terms of your team talks, then when he's. He'd come in, you can tell that he'd just thought about it. He's trying to think of something different to get us out of a rut. And he's like drawing a line with tape on the floor of the dressing room. And he's saying to the boys, like individually, to step up to the line as if it's a cliff edge. Yeah. And like, what do you do now if in, in this position you're hanging on the edge of the cliff to stay alive? What are you willing to do and stuff? And I'm thinking, no one bought into it. Like, you've got the wrong dressing room here. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Especially when you are fighting for your lives anyway, which. Well, you weren't fighting for your lives at the time, were you? You were like six or seven, but you're on a downward slope, weren't you? Oh my God, you've never He's, seen anything like it. Yeah, it's, you need to pick, You do need to pick your dressing rooms. And we had a team that were like, yeah, young lads who were like, never seen anything else. So like, they were just going along with it. He'd often ask lads to do the team sort, wouldn't he? Yeah. Like, your turn to do the team sort today. Uh, right, lads, uh, all the best. Um, win the game, <laughs> you know what I mean? But it went down like a storm, didn't it? We were, we were talking about... Um, the one before the Christmas party, uh, and we went to Dundee United, thinking, oh, Jesus can't wait for this. <laughs> and guys couldn't remember, I couldn't remember the team talk, but that week it was my turn and Andy Shinney, I think, yeah. and then the gaffer, you know, all week had said, Christmas party, put it to the back of your mind, don't talk about it, and Andy Shinney's got up with his team talk, and what a load of shit, like, come on lads, try hard, <laughs> all that sort of nonsense, and then I just said, boys... Christmas party this, yeah. it rests on this now yeah. this performance and then we were 3-0 down after 8 minutes yeah. and thinking oh eight shit 3-0 down 8 minutes <laughs> yeah. what but all we could think about was the Christmas party yeah that was the driving for us we had the coach booked all the boozers booked and that and we're like this is it it's, it's the best it's the best thing in your football calendar isn't it? Like, in terms of apart from the games yeah, you look for the games and stuff and the training every day is like you know it's your job that's like your one time isn't it where you can just go mental isn't it? and yeah. just have a party like so three nil down after ten minutes, it's cancelled, isn't it? It's cancelled. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're all looking at each other, yeah. thinking, "Oh no, yeah, it's yeah. over." Yeah, the dream's finished. And like you must have been gutted because like your your that was the best thing I've ever seen your uh, outfit that day, yeah. that Christmas party. Up to that point, I'd never seen an outfit as good as that. I don't know if the podcast knows about that one, good, good the, home, the homeless one. Yeah. So we walk downstairs and there's this homeless guy in the reception, swigging a can out of a out of a paper bag. <laughs> And I mean, no one even knew it was you. And you're sitting there for good how long? Late, it, yeah. good, good latex, Max. A good Just, while you were sitting there for, weren't you? And the next minute, I'm like, that's John's. Where's John? Who's this weirdo? Yeah. I think you asked to leave, weren't you, by the reception? That's yeah, the one yeah. point, yeah. Because it was that good, like. Um, oh, that was brilliant. I read, I, so you set the standard. I mean, I must admit that was a standard setting. And last the next few years after that, standard went up. Yeah. Well, no, we were just trying to reach that standard. You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you that. It's hard. It's always the same. Like when I first got into Christmas parties, I was taught, you know, how important they were down yeah. in Swansea, and I went as a superhero my first year. I think you, I'll allow that for your first year, you know, because yeah, yeah. it's new to you, Mister Incredible. Yeah, yeah. But then after that. Don't go as a superhero if, if, <laughs> yeah. if you've been to one Christmas party no, before. It's not good it's enough, not good enough it's mate. It's not good enough, you're right, mate. You're it's a lack of right. effort. Yeah. And I, I was listening to, um, I think it was a, a Peter Crouch podcast. He yeah. started one now. And uh, talking about Chris, uh, parties, nights out. And he was describing Stephen Gerrard's, um, he went as an old man one year. Yeah. Obviously, he had the financial clout that meant he could go on one of those okay. little... Yeah, mobility scooters. Yeah, little, yeah, yeah. one of those. And he was talking about how good it was. And I was thinking... Crouchy, 
I did that four years before him, mate. Been done on it. You know, did that Swansea. Done, yeah, but no one knows, did he? Nobody knows, mate. Yeah, know? exactly, the profile yeah. isn't high enough. One of the best ones we've done was uh, Harry and Marv off Home Alone. It was, I didn't. I honestly thought when we did it, like me and Gaz were doing it, and thought, oh, I'm not sure anyone's gonna get it, you know, because it's quite. Oh, well, Harry was like, I had bald head, so I was Harry. I had a few feathers stuck to me where he, you know, Home Alone. Everyone, everyone down the street got all the kids. Boom, boom! It's Harry and Marv. Yeah. Like you know what I mean? It was brilliant. I'd, you know, I don't want to pat myself on the back. That I'll take credit idea. for that. Yeah, it's your idea. But right? I had seen it. I'd seen a photo of two footballers. I forget who they were, and thought that is brilliant. Yeah. And it suited you and guys to the ground because yeah, he he nose. drew like one of those iron. Yeah. The iron got it. Is that Marv? Face. Yeah, Marv. Yeah. Marv had, had the yeah. iron on his face and that. Yeah, big nose, Marv as well, didn't he? Huge. Yeah, massive nose. So guys suited that. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you missed, uh, Ravs? Like a dressing room that you would have had? Was the Inverness yeah, one the, yeah. the best one? Even Possibly. though you were, you know you weren't allowed out to join us for, for beers. Not very that often. often. Not very often. Yeah. Kept on the lead, one I? So <laughs> that one and the Carlisle one, at, like the, that, the start of my career. Two dressing rooms were the best. Um, and, ten, and, and that's what I mean. It came. It came with the success as well. So like. I don't know what goes first or second. I don't know what you know. It's hard, isn't it? Yeah. Does the wind create the dressing room, or does the dressing room create the winds? I don't know. But two dressing rooms are the best. Carl Island, Inverness, without a doubt. Yeah. And you got, you know, you do stay in such lads from them days. Um, they are like your best days and what you remember. Yeah. And the rest of it in between is a lot of downs, a few ups, but a lot of downs in terms of like it's just a slog and it's hard. And I say this to the kids I'm coaching now. You've got these grand dreams of playing in, you know. Premier League and all this sort of stuff it's a tough tough it's so ruthless um, you know and one of the hardest things I say the hardest things I think football you talk about lads coming and going is getting on the ball when, the, when there's 5,000 people calling you a CUNC or whatever it might be you know what I mean and try, and then going and getting it again and getting it again it is, it's having that thick skin isn't it again does that come with experience you know some lads have just got it and born with it yeah. and the amount of good players who have come and crumbled even crumbled in a dressing room environment because he can't handle it like that, you know, that banter, if you like. And the, the amount of big characters, because you're a big character yourself, you know. Some people might be intimidated by that and, and crumble with that. And I say this to like, there's so many young lads out there now who just think it's a, it's a walk in the park. And it's not. It's really not, is it? No. You know, but, but it's, it's a generational change as well. I, I found towards the end, seeing it at Hibs a little bit, that there was that shift from the older players being the powerful the voices in the dressing yeah. room changing to I think it's becoming a young man's game now I think it's not, a young man's game not yeah. just on the pitch yeah. which it is because of yeah. resale value and yeah. you know fucking pace yeah. and this and that wankers yeah, yeah, yeah. but in the dressing room as well they're not shy at all mate nah. you know there's no there's no time frame yeah. where oh, I'm going to go in the dressing room now for 6 months 12 yeah. months you know get the respect yeah. of the boys they're in there and they're lively oh yeah because they're talking about things that me and you don't know anything about now all these Tinder and like uh, Snapchats and that that we don't use well I don't and everyone's on them so they're sort of like in the driving seat as far as that you know that's concerned all, I often found that they were the ones sitting on the phones and all the older boys were talking yeah or you know yeah they'd have a coffee and that and that is the difference I've, I've found out, and that isn't in the space of like five or six years, isn't it? Um, but yeah, they're all, it's all about that. What trainers they're wearing, what, you know. I say also, this is not a problem for you, but like putting gel in your hair for a game, for example, right? Never been a problem. No. I could not do it, mate. Yeah. Right? You know, I'll go on a yeah. night out, no problem. Yeah. You know, you do your hair or whatever, but in a game, because as soon as I sweat, it's in my eyes and yeah, I'm blind. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm seeing, <laughs> yeah, lads I'm seeing these players, on. like towards the end of us playing, these young lads would all be so oh. slick. And I get feel good, play good. Yeah, yeah. I get it. Look good, feel good, play good. But you're thinking, surely this gel's going in your eyes. Yeah. What have they created? Yeah. Because it's the, all image, isn't it? Well, that's it. And then after the game, they scroll the internet then to find a little picture of themselves looking really good and muscly and like, you know, physically fit. And I'll put that one on the uh, social yeah. media. Yeah. Good game today, lads. Footballers' tweets. Oh, my fucking pain in the ass, aren't they? How bad are they? Embarrassing. Let's go again next week. And all this. And the crowd, fans, the fans crowd are great. Are, crowd are great, but in the dressing room, they've been hammering the yeah. crowd. Fucking wankers. Yeah. Hear them okay. booing. Now, come on, man. Because, you you know, we we see a player that's just trying to get a little bit of love off the crowd a million yeah. miles off. And do you know what? It might be us that's wrong at the maybe time. It, it might That might be why we were never fans' favourites, maybe. <laughs> maybe it is. Yeah. <laughs> but it, Didn't thank the fans enough. But it is all about image, isn't it? Yeah. Like, I could not... The, 
it's all different now. So I'm on Instagram now and I, yeah. I enjoy it. So maybe if it was around then... Well, there's a reason behind that, you know. You got your podcast and stuff. Yeah, you know yeah. I mean, you, you, you're looking to get this business going. So there's a reason behind that. Yeah, there you is. You don't just want people saying, "Oh, doesn't your grey hair look good today, Jonesy?" Because you were just gelling it. Yeah, but at the, like for players now, I can't imagine when I was playing that I'd go to a photographer and say, "Oh, did you get any good shots of anything of oh, me right. today?" Yeah. You, do you but know lads what I mean? Would, wouldn't they? Oh, they, yeah. It's a big part of it now. There's a lot of vain people out there, mate, isn't there? It's really vain. Yeah. <laughs> and again, it might be us that's wrong, mate. Yeah, it could well be us, mate. It could well be us. Jeez, who knows? So the future, mate. You know, a scary thing is that that for us as former well, former professional footballers, yeah, maybe you'll get your foot in the door again, mate. You know? Uh, no, <laughs> that ship sailed. <laughs> Part so, of the problem is 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 accepting that, you know. So as former f- professional footballers, yeah, you know, the the likelihood is for a long time, unless you go on to do something unbelievable, you're going to be remembered for that short period of time in your life yeah yeah so how do you replace it what's next for you that's it I don't know I, I, I want to coach I, I want I've got ideas and I've got like I've got a real like passion of like that I, I love doing it when I when I do coaching sessions I get something out of it I think it's great you know and I want to get in an academy I'd like to coach there first and you know and then who knows after that but that is that's an initial short-term goal Um, how are you going to re- I don't think you're ever going to replace football me semi-final goal against Celtic was the best feeling I've ever had. I've got kids, married, all that stuff. Nice feelings, seeing your, your kids, you know, fast asleep at night. It's a beautiful feeling. It will never replace the buzz I've had from that. Nothing will ever replace that. You know, ten pints of lager, any drug that you want will not replace that. So I'll probably, I'm thankful that I've had it. Do you know what I mean? That 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 elation, that like that that goal got got me that day. But I'll never get that again. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I've listened to people like Michael Owen who've scored hundreds of goals. And I've, they've had that feeling lots and lots, you know what I mean? So they're constantly chasing it. And for them, it's probably even a little bit harder. You can see why, you know, depression and this yeah. and that, why players, why it is yeah. so tough for them when they finish. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Yeah. And listen, you know, every, every different player's got his own story. Um, was it Nicky? Who was it the other day? I was reading an article in The Guardian. Footballer, God, I forget his name. Played for Chelsea and. He finished down at Brighton last season, and he was saying how like he was crying on the, on his bathroom floor. I mean, again, he's got his own his his own life, but I'm sure he's not short of money. He's walked straight into a, a coaching job that I'd kill for. Mm. So it's all about perspective sometimes. And it, me, people are worse off than I am, so I'm I'm lucky where I am as well. So, but yeah, you've got, got to keep giving yourself that perspective that yeah, life is changing and it's just going with the flow. The best advice I got was to go with the flow, and that was with me manager. At, Wellington Town now just go with the flow of retirement and yeah change your identity changing your identity is, is quite tough isn't it yeah, yeah. it is uh, because your character you know you talk about uh, us being big characters in the dressing room and yeah. um, whatever it may be and that humour is different I don't care I know everyone is aware these days of this banter in the dressing room all, all fans are aware of it and they think they understand it but they don't unless no. you're in it and you live in it yeah. it is different but you have to adapt your personality then to who, to who I'm working with on a Saturday in the media room yeah. you know all sorts of yeah. ages well you can't do with the, what you work with the media room you could never do what you did in a football environment with them you know you have to adapt yeah because they, they, the, they couldn't handle that I, I think you've developed something that in, a, in a football change room that is I think should be utilised outside football. I think you've got strengths that are like, again, you, you're thick-skinned because you, you have to be. Yeah. You're a winner, you know what I mean? You, you're always on time, you're professional, stuff like this. I think can be utilised outside football. Like, I don't think businesses make enough of, yeah. you know, for the likes of y- yourself and, and myself that like you have got qualities that might not be written down on a piece of paper. As a qualification, yeah, yeah. As a qualification, but do you know what? You're employable because that's what you bring into the table. Yeah. Um, but people see football as this whole, this big party, basically, isn't it? You know what I mean? You turn up, you play a game of footy, and you can pay thousands of pounds a week for it, and it's just not the case. Because to get to where you've been, doesn't yeah. matter. I find there's a lot of disrespect towards lower leagues. Definitely. You know, whether it's League Two, League One, up in Scotland, yeah. that people now. Uh, because they see all this glamorous Champions League on every week yeah. and they think oh my god look at yeah. the standard of these not, yeah. not really fully appreciating that every single player in that League 1 League 2 yeah. team is a million miles better yeah. than, the, than the person that's screaming abuse at them a million miles better yeah and it's and the other thing as well people look at League 1 and League 2 or whatever and, you know sort of like lower leagues and say that 
for there because you haven't tried hard enough. And I've had that a couple of times that you hear about these professionals and you know top professionals, Stevie Gerrard and people who played at the top of the, their game for all these years. And he'd done this, he'd done that, he'd done the other. I, I guarantee you, he didn't try any harder than I have, and you have, and these other lads. He was just better. Yeah. You know, he's just more talented. He was just bigger. He was just stronger. Yeah. He didn't try any harder. And these lads in, who were trying to grind out a, a living, you know, in the lower leagues, are exactly the same. Yeah. Sometimes he, you know, was he putting in two or three sessions a day themselves, going out running at night time to get that edge. You know what I mean? So, yeah, it's a, it's doggy dog world. And then it just you know finishing off your personality then, because I find that maybe not that people would see in this world now that I'm boring it's just can your true personality come out like it does in a football dressing room yeah, do, do you know what I mean because you have to yeah. you, you've got to filter yourself really yeah. like the David Raven that we see on nights out after a beer yeah. that's the most Poison. not aggressive the poisonous most poisonous to, oh. the, to the point guy you know yeah. it, it's honesty hour every night out with you it is you're, you're, right. you're not going to be able to do that in the real world mate. I don't know where I can do that anymore people will be crying I've got four or five mates who can take that and that's about it I think <laughs> and even we get together like once a year so you know and they and they prepare themselves for that all year um, but yeah it's right that's it. it is that environment not like yeah it's uh, how do you transfer that how do you transfer it into say for instance myself going into coaching I need to be that you know, mentor, I need to be the guy who's setting standards and I can't do that anymore. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I can watch other lads do it. I can ooh, bite my tongue and think, you've come in with a bad haircut, I want to actually ham here, but I can't, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it, there's a lot, of, a lot of change going on, yeah. Still on the guitar and the piano, mate? Still on the guitar, piano, yeah, definitely. Love that. Um, it's a good one for the night out as well, isn't it? Um, oh, I love that, that's, that's a big part of my life. Yeah? Yeah. That's what you're going to do to pass the time? Oh, I love it, mate, that's like a, yeah, like a meditation for me, that, yeah? Lose your mind on a bit of guitar and piano, and I absolutely love it, yeah. Hopefully get the kids into it. Beautiful, mate. Well, let's wrap this up, because this first ever outside podcast, yeah. it's getting a bit chilly, mate. It's cold. The sun's <laughs> gone in, the crow's been a bit, little bit noisy. Yeah, I loved it, mate. Enjoyed it. Top man, Ralph. All the best, mate. Mr. David Raven, ladies and gentlemen. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that. I'm sure you could uh, tell with the sound quality. We were outside, first ever outside podcast. So the wind was blowing just a little bit, a little breeze. The crows were whew, just trying to get involved. One shut up at times. But hopefully the sound quality was, uh, was to a decent standard and you guys enjoyed. Big thanks to Dave. Thanks to the St. David's Park Hotel for allowing us to use a nice little outside patio. A bit of coffee from Starbucks, keep us warm. And uh, if you did enjoy, leave a review, subscribe, uh, leave a rating on whatever podcast, wherever you get your podcast from. I don't know if you can leave a a review on Spotify, but certainly on, on Apple, Podbean, all those different companies. So until next time, thank you very much. Ta-da.